Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Beyond the Row, where we take a deeper look into Sunday morning sermons to spark what life beyond the row looks like for followers of Jesus. Well, good evening, afternoon, or morning to all of our listeners. Hope you all are doing well. Hope you're having a great week. It is Wednesday here at Avenue, and so... Wednesday, my dudes! We are doing the vlog. I keep calling it a vlog. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. I know. I, I think Nick's we secretly taking videos of us the whole time. Probably oh, is. Oh, man. Yeah. If only you could be a fly on the wall in this room. <laughs> well, um, Nate, Abe, welcome. Welcome back to the show. I feel like we're welcome back. I feel like wasn't it just you. It was just me last oh, week. Oh yeah, it was. That's a we're welcome back. Yeah, I, I feel very welcome. I wonder yeah. if anybody will actually listen to it. <laughs> I we can check. check the views. Yeah, yeah. We could. We could check. Um, so we were following up from this past week's sermon, but before we get to the sermon, per usual, Nate has some announcements. Yeah, uh, the well, one, and then I'm going to pass it to Abe. Um, this Sunday is Mother's Day, and it's the opportunity to show the women in our life how much we are grateful for them. Um, and Scripture is even pretty clear about how much um, God values women mm-hmm. um, and children. And so um, it's just a beautiful opportunity to show them, hey, we care about you. We see you. Thank you for growing in your faith and, and leading so many people in their faith. Um, to the part where we're going to have um, we're gonna have a child dedication. We're just going to celebrate with them and uh, help them disciple their kids. Yep. And at the same time, which is really cool, a lemonade bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the ladies that are listening to this, tell other ladies, yep. uh, even if they don't go to church, this is a great opportunity for them to come and um, get a very uh, nice lemony beverage. It's have multiple, like, multiple flavors and well, stuff Yeah, all too, kinds right? of like flavors, I guess. fruit and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but I just know we're going to get men to serve it. So yeah. When life gives you lemons. <laughs> That's right. We did a series Bring called When Life church. Gives You Lemons. I remember that. I found one of the old lemons two months oh, later. I thought hilarious. it was a plastic prop. It was a real lemon. Oh, it was so nasty. <laughs> <laughs> so that's for Mother's Day. And then um, Abe's going to talk about some hitting of softballs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, softball. Uh, church softball is going to be something that we're going to be announcing Sunday, hopefully, uh, if Sabrina doesn't squash my ideas. But um, the goal for that is that it'll be – so it is guys only, unfortunately. I kind of wanted it to be co-ed because we got some slingers on our uh, in our student ministry. But unfortunately, it's going to be guys only, um, but it will be about eight to ten weeks. It starts May 30th. It's on Tuesday nights. Uh, it'll be doubleheader games. goal is for everyone. Uh, everyone will play. Um, so that'll be really, really cool. We'll have interest form, and we'll get the ball rolling on that. So they're, they're, they're going to be able to sign up on the app. Yeah, uh, that's what we're working on. Hopefully hopefully it'll be up by Sunday, and then we can have sign-ups going, and, and uh, we'll go from there. Perfect. Yeah. Literally get the ball rolling. Literally. Ah, there yeah, we yeah. go. Sports. <laughs> Rumor on the street is Nick might be our best player. Oh, yeah, totally, because <laughs> sports. Yeah. I don't know every rule of every sports ball game that there is. You'll wear ASICs. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will ASIC too. cleats. Mm-hmm. Yep, he rolls up. Yep, in, in my helmet. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, that is the announcement. So, yes, be sure to say something to a mother in your life this week for sure and bring it to church. Uh, because we want to bless our moms. Yep. All right, we're diving in. So, still in the series, still talking about the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Nate, take it away. Yeah, so um, this is, we kind of jumped ahead um, a story. So the story is after um, the day of Pentecost happened, 3,000 uh, people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. The church is born that day. The Holy Spirit fell upon the apostles. Um and um, and so what happens next is they begin this journey, I guess, of being the church and telling the world the hope that we have in Jesus. Um, and I guess you could say we are heading towards the second coming of Jesus now, and that's the whole point from that moment on. Um, and God restoring and redeeming the entire world all over again. Um, and so there was a story in Acts 3 where Paul and... Um, Peter, no, no, I'm sorry, not Paul and Peter, John and Peter, um, go to the temple and they're going to, they're on their way to teach and they come across a man who's been lame since birth and, um, and asks, you know, for money and like they would always do. Um, and of course he says, we, we don't have that, but I got something way better. And in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And of course he's healed 
And now it's like, what is going on? Jesus is not physically here anymore, but now this has happened with an ordinary dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, they go in and begin teaching about the resurrection of Jesus, um, repentance, and things like that. And that's when we get to Acts chapter 4, when uh, the religious leaders basically say, okay, what's going on here? And, mm-hmm. and so... Um, really, it becomes a story about their identity. Um, that's really what we're picking up on this picture. That's kind of what I wanted to hit on with Sunday. And so, um, and that's kind of why uh, worldview matters. So the questions I have um, that, I, that I prepared on Sunday was the idea of worldview. Um, I think what I want to talk about first, which is where we're going to go today is the question is how would you say culture influences our identity um which really goes into the second question how are we influenced more by faith or culture um so when you think about everything that's going on in our world and in our community um would you say that our culture is doing a better job of influencing and let's just talk about christians we we can talk about the rest but uh, is our culture doing a better job of influencing us, or is the church doing a better job of influencing culture? Uh, and I, and maybe we can even get into a personal level. Do we see pockets of people who you could say, man, they're doing a better job of influencing um, compared to, say, other Christians who are more or less being influenced by culture, and they're having culture dictate their faith in Christ. So, I don't know, what do you guys think? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing uh, when it comes to cultural influence versus faith influence? Um, Are we dabbling in both? Um, And what, I guess, should we be focusing on? Hmm. I think that what I see the most of is um, culture winning over Christianity. And what I mean by winning is just the power of influence. You know, I think it's, I think it's much more easy to see examples in our world about you know how um, Christians are actually forfeiting some of their values to fit in with society. You know, whether that is to um, pick gray areas in Scripture um, that they deem that are gray, and you know, use that as an excuse to jump on political bandwagons, Mm. you know, things like that, you know, whether it's like the whole LGBTQ plus society or whether it is um, just, just the idea of, of, of what marriage should look like or, um, you know, what, what, what different gender roles are or um, even like financial situations. If you, if, if you take the political madness out, out of all of it all, just look at how how income alone sways society, and you know we are raised from the very beginning. You know when you grow up, you need to make money. You need to make a lot of it. You need to go to school to make money. You need to fi- have this all stuff figured out. We're going to do standardized tests to 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 do grade levels and to to see see how smart that you are, because only smart people are going to make it. I mean, it's like. I think survival of the fittest mentality. Well, yeah, but like it's on a degree where. You know, there's just, there's, it, it feels like they're not letting Jesus have any room or have any say. I would agree that, that like, yeah, the, the competing voices are definitely uh, <clears throat> strong. I mean, we know that. But I think that the, the reality of it is, is what's fr- more frustrating to me, I don't think, is, is the church present in our culture? I think Yes. I really do. I think our, I think church, we'll say, quote unquote, church is very, very, very present in our culture. Is it the kind of church that we read about in Acts? I don't think so. So I don't think necessarily church and Christianity is not present, but I think that it's not what it was or what it really should be. Like, I think we, we think of tons of examples. I mean, think of Instagram. Like, there is a hand, more than a handful of, of, of who would consider themselves pastors, who really it's about influence more than it is, you know, about truth and about teaching and about really reaching people with with really nothing more than Jesus, like Jesus being enough and things like that. So I just think, I just think that, yeah, Christianity and church is really 
I would say still prominent, mm-hmm. but it's it's not the kind of church that we that we should see or that we should be pursuing. And I'm not saying that's across the board, but I would say like we are seeing a lot of that uh, in our culture right now. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know who said this. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've heard maybe Alexander Hamilton was the guy who coined the phrase. Maybe it was somebody before him. Because a lot of people say it. The question is, who said it? And it always has to go back to the, the furthest down the road. But anyways, the quote is this. If you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. Mm-hmm. And I think downplaying Christianity or my faith, that's what what has happened. You know, and I'm not going to lie. There's times that myself, I sat, I thought during even this last few years um, with COVID and, and uh, some of the um, ideological movements that have taken place, you know, I wondered, Nate, did you not, did, did you do a poor job of standing up for the things that you believe in um, and teaching people? Like, I mean, one of the, one of the biggest things is that uh, with the fall of Roe v. Wade, um, I mean, the church was pretty quiet, and <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm pro-life, um, and I think Scripture is pretty clear on that, um, because if you're not pro-life, you're pro-death. Yeah. You, you, you can't be, oh, well, you know, um, yeah, I mean, um, no, you're, you're one or the other. You can't be both, um, and Jesus is pro-life. I mean, when you, when you think about, like, the examples that... Uh, scripture says that we were knit together in our mother mother's womb, right? Like he, we were uniquely created, mm-hmm. not not after we were born. We were uniquely created in the womb before the, we were ever a thought to right, humans. right, right. And we yeah. also we also know that like the Holy Spirit came upon John in the womb. Um, Jesus started battling it out in there. You know, like yeah, I'm just I'm just sitting here like. It, it, uh, it's frustrating to me, and how many Christians were like, I, mean, I don't know, I'm pro-choice. How how can you be? When when Jesus gave his life for his enemies, when Jesus did all that he asked us to do, you know, I, I'm just giving an example. Now, again, do I do I believe that there's love and forgiveness for those who have had abortions? And absolutely. I mean, come on, the the, the message of the gospel is. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? That, that's the significance of the gospel. Yeah. There is forgiveness and mercy for all who cry out for mercy, right? For God to forgive us and to redeem all, us, right? All who call on the name of the Lord. But at the end of the day, my feelings have to be detached from my faith in the sense of when I understand and make decisions. Like that's the questions. The questions I brought up on Sunday, do you know who you are? Well, either you're basing it off of Scripture or you're basing it off of your worldview, um, how you were raised, where you lived, the skin color you have, the, the, uh, the education you, you received. Uh, you're either looking at it from all those perspectives or you're looking at it from your faith. Um, do you know your purpose in this world? Um do you understand the point of your existence? Why should you trust? Where are you putting your trust? Again, like we can't just give opinions. We have to back up the evidence of who we are, knowing where we are, and knowing what we're about and who we're about based off of my walk with Jesus, not just because, oh, I just don't think that that's fair. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It well, doesn't matter what you think. That's right. And, <laughs> and, and, the, the, and here's the point. Uh, I think I wanted to try to get out with identity, though, is that with the mentality, again, you know, if I, if I don't stand for anything, I'll fall for everything. Um, I think there's this notion that we think that love is just caring about the individual without offending the individual. Acceptance. Yeah. yeah. And that's not what love is. That's not, let me phrase that. That's not what biblical agape love is. Biblical agape love is that no matter what, I will love you in spite of your views, your thoughts, your understandings, your ideologies, things like that. Now, that also means I don't have to agree with you at all. But at the end of the day, my faith is dependent upon Christ and Christ alone. What his word says 
and how I'm to live that out. And if that quote unquote offends you, well, I'm sorry that it offends you, but that's, I'm not offending you. It's the scripture that's offending you. It's Jesus that's offending you. And you have to wrestle with the idea. I think Francis Chan or somebody said it this way, that if I come to the conclusion, I read something in the Bible that I don't like or agree with, I have to naturally assume I'm wrong. Yeah, you do. He's not the only one who said that, but... Yeah. Somebody said him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard him yeah, say he's it. He's definitely said it. It's uh, it's the assumption that you know if, if we're erring on the side of my thoughts or what God says. I think there's another way someone says it too. I think I've maybe even sh- shared this in teaching or something, but it was it was like, uh, yeah, it's like if you read the Bible and and you don't know or you disagree, you just have to assume that you're wrong. Like yeah, for sure. Like there's no. There is no, like, well, I think, you know, no. It's like, if this is what it clearly says, this is what it clearly says. Correct. There, there is no, well, this. Yeah. Yeah, and I, again, I want to go back to just, I, you know, again, I use the pro-life example and debate. I, I, I understand the difficulties of, you know, the 0.5% of people that struggle with what if, right? I get that. Um, and we can talk about that all day. But... The majority of people in our world who walk that line, it's just because they don't want. They don't want it. Well, now they're almost. They're actually coming out and saying that too. Yeah. They're saying that they're that they're okay with it. Yeah. Because essentially, oh, the baby doesn't know it. So yeah. It's okay. Like we don't even. They're almost admitting now. It's like. Yeah. Oh yeah, we know. We just don't care. And and I think again, the idea isn't don't be offended if you're if you're a Christian and you you you, know, you kind of land on the pro-choice. It's not to be offended is to be like, you know what, maybe I just need to take a hard look again. What is my faith? You know, why do I believe this? Um, uh, do I know the purpose of my existence? Do we, I know the purpose of humanity's existence? Uh, again, it's a worldview. The question we have to ask is the worldview that I'm looking at, or maybe, again, my identity in this culture, is it based off of what culture says? Or even what cultural Christianity says, or strictly, what does Jesus say? What does the New Testament teach us? What does God tell us, um, you know, in the Old Testament, before there was a law, and before um, things like that? Or what happens during the law or after the law? Um, I think these are the pictures that we should really embrace. But which gets me to the next part is, so the whole point I loved about Sunday not again, uh, not my, not my preaching. And <laughs> the whole point about the, the scripture Sunday is Acts uh, 4, 19 and 20. So, you know, they're in there, they were arrested, they, they were in jail over the night, overnight, and then they go, and it's in the morning, they come back together and they question them, they're talking to them. And they tell them, don't do this, you know, don't speak in this guy's name and uh, don't heal in his name, things like that. Uh, and then he says this, uh, Peter and John reply, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard, which is, I think is a fascinating point that they make there that they've seen and heard. So mm-hmm. if you were called in and told to stop, this is for everybody listening and it's for you guys, okay? Mm-hmm. I want you to think about this. If you're listening to this, which is awesome, I'm so glad you're listening to this, but I, if you're listening to this, I want you to ponder this question. If you were called in and told to stop talking about Jesus, um, you were called into the principal's office. You're a teenager. You called in the principal's office and you were, stop, you were, you were asked to stop talking about Jesus. Um, or if you were called into your boss's office at work and you were told to stop talking about Jesus or something to do with your faith. Um, or if you were called into someone's uh, place, office, whatever that is, that had some kind of significant authority over you, and they asked you to stop talking about Jesus, the question I want to ask is, would you stop talking about Jesus? Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? And I know you, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense for you. If, right? our, because... if our boss told us to stop talking about <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we'd, we'd have a probably problem. Have a new church. <laughs> we'd, yeah. pro- we'd probably be Transformation Church. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's probably true. Oh my gosh! Mike Donald ever hear this? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of a setting. When I worked at a, uh, I've worked at a few places before. I worked at a church, and um, I remember there were conversations around the office about, you know, um, there was one person, actually the president of this company, 
um, was trying to convince other employees in a weird way, I don't even know how this all got brought up, that Jesus wasn't the Messiah, that he was just a guy, mm. he was just, that he was just a cool guy, he was just a really nice guy, but he's no different than Muhammad, basically, is what okay. this guy was saying. And I remember getting up from my desk and saying, that's not true, you guys. That is absolutely not true. Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And they all just kind of stood at me. And then one of the guys who was really close to me ended up saying, yeah, yeah, he, he, he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You it's know? like he needed somebody to say it. Maybe so, yeah, because he was the one that the, the president of this company was talking to. And um, it's like, I mean, yeah, I, I would... I would really want to believe in myself that I could that I would be able to do that again. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. But the story that is really vivid in my mind is is pre-crucifixion, the night of P- Peter himself denied Christ three times. You know, and Peter, who we're seeing now after the fact, you know, if even Peter had a moment of weakness, I can only imagine that I'm just as weak. So it's it's a really hard thing to wrestle with. For yeah. sure. And that's a good point because he did deny Jesus. That's good. Um, but, I mean, we do live post-resurrection, though. So, and I, I wonder if that is sometimes a difficult, especially right now, um, because of HR and all these businesses, because they don't want lawsuits on their hand. Mm-hmm. And having to go along with certain things now and having to agree with certain things, you know, like... Yeah. Is is your job more important than your faith? Is losing an income more important than your faith? Well, I had a situation at, at Chick-fil-A, a couple, well, a couple of different ones, but, I mean, obviously, oh, so number one, Chick-fil-A. I was going to say, wait. Everyone thinks, Chick-fil-A, oh, Chick-fil-A, dude. Faithful the gospel Everyone, a bunch of homeschoolers there. Everyone's Christians. <laughs> yeah. Not true. Let me tell you that. At Chick-fil-A, at least the Chick-fil-A I have been accustomed to, uh, it, it's very half and half. You have your... You're Christians, and you have your almost atheist, like, pro-LGBT, pro, like, all that extremely, like, polarizing. Mm. So at least from where I came from, like, the operator, of course, is a Christian, and uh, we had a really good relationship. But then my boss, his, num- like, number two in command, the uh, senior direct, senior operations director or executive operations director, whatever you want to say, um, was not was completely an atheist, and and they've had a relationship for a long time. And Paul, the operator, has constantly worked on him, um, and and Howard, uh, the director, that was my direct boss, um, was very militant to the fact that he did not believe in Jesus, and that you know that church was unnecessary. And his biggest thing was, well, not an atheist. He said, well, I believe there's a God. I don't need to go to church to prove it. And that was his biggest thing. And he had, mm-hmm. of course, that's a totally weird perspective, right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. I don't need not, to go to church to prove it. Yeah, it's not the point of church. <laughs> but again, yeah, his yeah. perspective was completely off. But like, yeah. there would be times where we would like try to handle a situation and we would, me and Paul would almost like talk about like, you know, our faith, yeah. about what, what would our faith t- tell us to do. And then Howard would would be like, that's stupid. Like, just how we're going to handle it. And and I'd always tell him, no, it's not stupid, and I don't care what you think. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and uh, that was an interesting tension for a while because, like, the operator was okay with me, you know, obviously having those values and, and speaking about Jesus. But, like, Howard was almost the polar opposite, was mm-hmm. almost like, dude, get that out of here. And it was it was interesting. Um, but there were definitely a few moments. I mean, I had a moment where I, where I had to deal with a subordinate, uh, wanted to transition gender and uh man i was uh extremely militantly against that yeah (laughs) like i wasn't hateful towards her uh but like i mean to to my boss it was like dude i'm never gonna be okay with this i will never ever assimilate with this it will not happen and uh that was something that was a big thing for me and then that whole situation got kind of resolved and we basically just got forced to deal with it from an hr perspective um we never had to use pronouns, but we did have to use a name and, and stuff like that. So it was like a real tension tension thing. And, and the operator actually came to a point. He's like, Abe, I don't like this either. He's like, but, dude, I, I'm never going to ask you to use pronouns because I don't think that's okay either. He said, but you got to use the name. And then I was like, a, 
huge thing for me to just like bite my tongue. So I hardly ever used the name. I always was like, yeah. Hey, and uh, stuff like that. And it was just like hard. And I actually had a conversation with her. Yeah. Um, she actually grew up in a fundamental Baptist church, actually the same church my parents go to. And as soon as she turned 18, phew, other direction, mm-hmm. it was just all religion to her. And, uh, man, that was hard. But so I knew her kind of personally, and then I had to deal with that. And then I actually had a conversation with her, uh, and she didn't like, you know, obviously where I stood on things, but I actually had a conversation with her and told her, I love you. I care about you. You know that, um, but you know, I can't be okay with this. Mm-hmm. And that was actually really hard. We both, we both actually cried and it was actually a really interesting conversation. So as far as like real in a situation I've dealt with, <laughs> yeah, that's a real situation. Yeah, I've that's, dealt with. And that's really good. I think that the tension is, uh, um, you know, how do we hold on to our faith? How do we share the gospel? And at the same time, how do we move forward in, say, a direction of our company or the people we work with or yeah. work under not agreeing? Yeah. But I, I, I think that example is really good. Uh, I've heard another example recently of a guy in our church who their company is... You know, they're seeing some of these, I mean, it's a huge company, and they're seeing some of these things transition, transpire, and and has talked more about, like, you know, I, I, I like these, you know, things that we're proposing. I just don't like how we're doing it because it shouldn't be compared to, say, the Bible or something like that because I don't want to see a correlation. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail. I'm just... and. But I thought for a moment, I was like, that's a great way of doing it. Because he didn't compromise his convictions. He didn't compromise his faith. And at the same time, he wasn't like, I hate you. You know, this is ridiculous and created all this anarchy. The polarizing. Yeah, the polarizing. So I thought, I think that's, I mean, we're, we're living in a world that the tension is getting greater and greater. You know, so how do I live in my identity and at the same time, but not just agree? Because if I agree, then I just, then I've, I've gone against my own faith, you know? And so I think that's why community is so important, to be able to at times bounce these ideas off of one another, help each other, praying for one another, mm-hmm. um, and even knowing this, and I think this is where the church can do better in the Western world, that if you were to lose your job for a time, or for, you know, a time frame with you don't have an income. That's where we come alongside and say, we got you. We're going to help with food. We're going to help with um, whatever. You need gas, you that know. Was, that was actually something my mom and dad did for me when I was working at Chick-fil-A. Because uh, there was a point in time when the whole, like, thing about vaccines and stuff like that being forced and, and all that. Now, granted, your opinion on that, whatever it is, doesn't matter. The point of it was civil liberty, right? Personal yeah. liberty. and. And so, like, if it was going to be forced, my mom and dad were like, if you're going to be forced to do that and if you lose your job, if you don't, we will take care of you. Mm. Like, we will make sure you're okay. Yeah. And, like, that's an example. I mean, obviously, they're my parents, right? So, but the more reason why they were doing that is because of their faith. I don't think it's just because I was their kid, mm-hmm. right? But And they've done that for a number of people. You mm-hmm. know, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's a, another real-life example of, yeah. of just saying, dude, we got to come around you Yeah. for you to be able to still do what you're doing. And again, I get, it get, gets back to identity, because our identity indicates and uh, well, it indicates where we're going. It indicates who we are, and and what we stand for. And again, it goes back to where is my identity? Where is my worldview? Is my is it in Christ, or is it in the things of this world? Is it in religion even, or is it in Christ? Therefore, I will live, act, do, be a certain way. Um, like for example. Um, the scripture tell, tells us that John and Peter were ordinary people. But we look at them now as extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I couldn't do what John and Peter yeah. did. My question is, is, why do we think that? And and why do, we, why do we see the individuals in the New Testament as holier than thou and people I could never be like when once upon a time, these same individuals were like, I'm, I'm not going to believe it until I see the holes. Uh, you know, no, I wasn't with Jesus, and, and nope, that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. You know, these same people who are like, oh, I just, what is he doing? You know, like, what do we see them? What do we see them as something higher than what God has also done in us and through us today, two thousand years removed from this moment? 
I think the question that I, I always raise with people is, can we be like John and Peter? Can we be like the apostles? Um, and are we willing to be? Mm-hmm. I think one thing that one thing that at least separates things in my head for me is um, is like we don't see like the everyday human story of theirs. We see the big highlights that got put in the Bible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like I don't get to see him waking up and oh, you know, I got allergies this morning. Or man, <laughs> you know, oh, I've been sick to my stomach. I've been on the toilet for three days. Yeah. You know, we don't get to see all that yeah. stuff. You Which, know, you know uh, the humanistic traits. I wanna and I, I wanna. I don't wanna interrupt you, but I do. <laughs> I, I don't what I do. But I want I want you to keep going with this. Yeah. But I think that's why people are loving the chosen so much. Mm. That's why I highly yeah. recommend The Chosen, yeah. even though like it shouldn't be a substitute for your Bible. No. But it's really kind of neat to just kind of see what they could have been like mm-hmm. as o- just outside normal. of just what you read. Yeah, just normal people with Jesus. Yeah, and watching Jesus. Yeah, I think that. I think the uh, the less you see or hear or read about the humanistic traits, the less human they are to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's why they come off as so extraordinary, you know, or extra superhuman. Yeah. Because you don't get to see all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, we know that they live normal lives, and we know that it's documented, and deep down we know that they were real humans. But in that moment when you're reading through these scriptures, you know, when, when Peter says, you know, get up and walk, it's just like, wow. You know, like these normal guys, they were young too, Yeah. you know, um, were performing miracles just like Christ was, you know, because of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It makes you think, why can't I do that? And then I'm like, well, that's because I'm not Peter. That's because I'm not John. Sure. You know? And, and, and in fact, there's there's people who, there's, I mean, high up people, theologians and stuff who will say, well, it's because it was only for the apostles and that wasn't for us. Mm. And I that's, would have, that's a great debate. Yeah, and I, but I would even argue that we have 2,000 years of historical information of saying, yeah, now God is still doing that, and he's doing it yeah. through people. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's definitely interesting. I would say, yeah, my answer is similar to Nick's, but it's it's similar to say, like, you read these things, and I think that it's easy to compare. Like, you have these comparisons, right? It's like, oh, well, they were like ordinary people, but then look at this. It almost looks like they're perfect. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, I'm not perfect. Like, what the heck? Yeah. I don't know if I can do this. Because, like, you know, I mean, you, we read about their sin, but really once we get into early church and stuff, we don't really read about too much stuff that they're doing. Like, Paul's Paul's tone almost is like, dude, I'm a stinking boss. Like, I, I run I run this I run this thing right. You don't really hear a lot of error and stuff. So you almost I think you get in your own head sometimes. Yeah. You know you just get in your own head of, of like you're reading these things, but you have to realize what it is, right? It's like it's letters to the church. It's not like a documentary, sure. right? So you have to kind of keep in mind those things that help you mm-hmm. realize that you know you, these these guys were normal people. And I'm not saying Paul doesn't allude to the fact that he is sinful. I'm not saying that, but you just don't necessarily see like the, if it was a POV, you know, body cam, like oh, just caught Paul, you know, it's that kind of thing. Like you just feel like, man, dude, these guys are so awesome, and I'm just yeah. so regular. Something else <laughs> that hangs me up a lot too, and um, there's not a particular d- disciple that does, but just um, I think of the parables that that, that the Christ tells, and um, the one of the mustard seed, and you know, like if you have if you have even this much faith. You can tell that mountain to get up and move. Well, how come mountains aren't moving? <laughs> There's 8 billion people on this world, and I don't see any mountains moving. Does that mean all 8 billion of us lack the faith? Mm-hmm. Even that small of faith? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that Yeah, and I think that, me... too, is a metaphor. But I, but I also think that he was also telling the truth in the sense of, yeah, you literally could do that if you had just a tiny bit of faith to trust me and mm-hmm. know that I can do that. I, I mean, that's a good point. You almost wonder how much faith really that, like, incrementally is because you see the disciples, like, say they have faith, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any doubt that they do, but then there are situations where they're like, dude, what are we going to do? And Jesus is like, 
are you for real right now? Like, he looks up to God, like, can I you just stop? Them? Can I just stop yeah. doing this? Well, like, there's well, these this guys moment are where Jesus actually tells them, how much longer do I yeah. have to yeah, be with you? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you guys are just aren't getting it. But he's telling the people who are believing in him and following him that they don't get it. Yeah. Right? It's not like there's an arrival. Mm. I mean, I would say maybe there is right. at post-resurrection, but like... As they're walking with him, they believe in him. Like, they believe he's the Messiah. They declare that he's a Messiah, but then they question things, and he's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Yeah, and even times they still question things after the resurrection when they're out teaching and leading on their own. I mean, we see yeah. them getting into arguments at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, though, I think the, the conclusion of, like, what this is all about is this mentality of what it is to die to self. Uh, I I think this depends everything, like our faith. It does, it does, you know, faith of a mustard seed. It's only going to work if I die to myself. So the question maybe we should be asking is, what are the things that I have not given to him? What are the things that I'm still holding on to me? Um, I, I think that's why, the reason I wanted to share, man, if there is ever a book to read is Mere Christianity. That book. My wife just bought that book. Whew, did she? Because She sermon, is yeah. going to love it. Now, again, the guy is brilliant, but... If you just keep going, like you, it all come, it all comes together, and it's like, it, it, it's brought a number of people to Jesus. That book has, um, especially the intellectual community. But um, like, for example, he says, and that's what I wanted to share. The second half of that quote, he says, the whole, the point of the quote that day for identity, the principle runs through all life from top to bottom, and this is that principle: give up yourself and you will find real self. So like you got to give up who you were um, in order to find who God wants you to be. Um, lose your life and you'll save it. Submit to death. I thought this was beautiful. Submit to death. Death of your ambitions and favorite wishes. Hmm. I think that's difficult. Every day, and death of your whole body in the end, submit with every fiber of your being and you will find eternal life. I think that's why so many lack faith, including myself at times, is because there are things that I still have a view of how I think I should live or what I should experience or what what's fair. You know, I think that's another one. Of, well, is that fair? Well, God never asked us for our opinion of what was fair and what was not fair. Fair mm-hmm. is death. Fair is fair is we all deserve hell. Yeah. That's what's fair. I tell I tell people that a lot actually. People get really mad at me, but they always say like, "Well, I don't deserve this." Like I've had my nephew say that and I say, "You know what you deserve? You deserve death and hell." But by the grace of God, you are breathing yeah. and you get to know him. Yeah. So you need to shut That's your mouth. What, yeah. <laughs> and I say that to my dad. I'm not yeah, even kidding. Yeah, this is, you this, 10 is year complete, old. <laughs> this is complete no filter. This I have told my ten year old. I was just sad about a gumball. No, I have told no, seriously. And like my mom and my sister's face like is like, What? And I but it's serious. Like it's a perspective thing. Now, yes, yeah. I was probably just firing off off the hip, but like I seriously did say that. Yeah. Like You're not wrong though, in that yes. sense. I don't know how you said it, but I know. I did. I literally said it just like that. You deserve hell now. You Shut just, your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Stop your crying. I did. Like, it was like, you know what you deserve? This is what you deserve. Now zip it. Yeah. But you're right, though. I mean, but at the end of the day, that's what's fair. But, and that's, I think that's where so many missed the gospel. The point of the gospel was that we were all born with a trajectory of hell and Jesus got in our way. Like that's, that's grace. That's mercy. That is agape. That is, um, um, it's the idea of knowing that my identity is now wrapped up in him Mm -hmm. and not the things of this world. If I still want the things of this world, fine. Then I can't be in the gospel. I can't. I can't have the gospel because the idea is that I desire the things in this world far greater than I deserve the things of the kingdom or want, I should well, say. And the other funniest thing is I want in the kingdom. I've heard people say like, um, I think it's Frank Turk who, who talks about this, but there's people who will say, well, that's not, that's not fair. Like I didn't ask to be born and, and to be born into sin and all this stuff. Sure. Like, 
God isn't good because of that. If this is real, yeah, I've heard you know, and then and then he says, okay, you're you're out on a lake, like right, like your parents forced you to go out on the lake, and you and you you have to go out on the lake with them, right? Oh, the the boat gets a hole, and you guys are gonna sink and drown. Well, a boat comes along, and to help you and save you guys, and you say, no, we're good. I was never supposed to be out here, anyways. (laughs) <laughs> that's yeah. that's stupid like you're you're dumb that's not that's not how it works yeah like we don't get to say oh well so this isn't fair <laughs> if god left us to our own absolutely i could say that's not just god didn't do that <laughs> and so the idea is god is faithful and just and he is faithful to forgive this is what it takes this is what it takes i think and i I was. I want to ask you guys the question. You know, kind of like this is kind of what brought the end of this. The whole point of Sunday with them getting what it comes to identity, worldview, um, because uh, John and Peter were very much. You know, like, are we going to listen to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. <laughs> we're going to keep talking about what we've seen and what we've heard. Yeah. And um, so I think the question is: Are we those listening? Our church people who are Christians. And even those people who hopefully one day will give their life to Jesus, are we willing to give up our life um, for a life of following Jesus? Mm. Um, and if so, what would it look like for us as a church? What would it look like for us personally to do that? If that is, if that is our identity, right, are we willing to give up our life for a life of following Jesus? Mm-hmm. But obviously the answer should be yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we should be willing to, but we're still... Actions always speak louder than words, though, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just because you say that you're going to do something, if you don't fall through with it, then, you know, you're relying on your own integrity and, yeah. you know, we'll just be lost. I, I'll say this. <clears throat> I think because we keep teaching on this all the time... <laughs> Um, but again, that's what the New Testament did. They mm-hmm. taught the same thing all the time. I, I, I think, and, and, I, and I don't think I'm wrong. I think, A, that's why our church is growing. Um, because we're really pushing the idea of dying to self and living in Him and doing it together. But I, and the reason I say that is I'm hearing pockets or individuals or families who are like, yeah, we're really making steps towards, or, you know, I just, or they're like, I don't know how to do that, but I want to know how to do that. Or I want to be able to figure that out. What do you mean by this? And how do I do that? Hmm. You know, I am seeing more of that and I'm hearing more of those. Um, Or I'm watching more and more people who had never been in a community of any kind, any kind, who are starting to like, how do I get in one? You know, or mm-hmm. I need to be in one, or I need to start one. Um, I think it's working, <laughs> you know, because it's it's always difficult. It's one of those things that hindsight's always twenty twenty. You never really see it working until you're two, three years down the road and realize, oh, wow, that, yeah, we really are heading in that direction, which is really good. Um, and I think that's the goal is what would it look like? What would it look like for us if we lived a life Dying to self, what would it look like as a community dying to self? What would it look like, at, you know, personally dying to self and, and living for him? I, I think uh, maybe a fun example is, you know, I'm a pretty competitive person. Um, but once upon a time, I was so competitive that it affected my feelings and my day. Like, I, I was so into sports. Um, you know, I'm a Colts fan. I'm a White Sox fan. Well, I was a White Sox fan. Uh, I'll talk about those days. Um, um, uh, I'm a Purdue Boilermaker fan. There were, there were days I would, my day would be wrecked if they lost. Like, that's how insane that was. And therefore, I, was, I did not die to self. Like, I am totally into this sport activity of some sort. There was a moment, let's go to church league softball real quick, right? <laughs> uh, I just got out of playing college baseball. I'm feeling degraded, you know, now I'm playing church league softball. You know, like... He's just wrecking kids. Yeah, this is awful. And so I, I remember 
uh, going to a game, and I was ticked um, because I couldn't get on base that game. You know, learn, learning to play softball from baseball is hard is a, a hard transition. And um, and I thought I hit one over the fence, and the guy caught it, and you know, he leaped at the fence and caught it. I was mad. I threw my bat, and my wife comes down to the fence and says, Nathan halts and lit me up right there in front of the team and others. And she said, if you ever do that again, or if you ever act like the way you're acting anymore, I will never come to any more of your games because you look like an idiot. <laughs> you know what I I'm could, saying, I though? could never see that coming from Liz. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right, of course. And of course, she was totally right. But at the end of the day, like, I realized I have... That was a part of my life that I had never given to him. So now I can tell you this. I'm still, I'm a still competitive guy, but I will tell you this. If I don't get to watch a Colts game, I don't, I don't, it doesn't break my heart anymore. Mm -hmm. Like if I don't watch, um, I don't know, baseball game, if I'm not watching, you know, even if like Purdue would lose, you know, like when they lost, they were 16, lost a 16 seed this year in the tournament. Um, I was there. You were there. (laughs) So was I, right? And, um, but who cares? Um, because, again, it's just a game. And But the time I got to spend with my kids at that game was far greater. Even though we lost, it was still far greater. And I'm glad that God has broken me of that um, desire. And I would say that's why probably some parts of my life have always been difficult. Like, God, where are you? Why can't I see you? Where, where's my faith in all this? Well, it's because... Mm-hmm. There's parts of my life that I have not died to and I have not given to him. And I, but I see that in parents today with their kids. I'm seeing that today with uh, our jobs. I'm seeing that today with um, our clothes and our shopping and the debt that we go into just to, uh, to make ourselves look good. You know, Be trendy. Yeah. Follow, the, follow the hype. All and that we, stuff. And we wonder why... Why I can't be generous. Like, you, you, do you know how many times I've had conversations with people about this? Well, Nate, I found Jesus later in life, right? I'm not as a kid, teenager, but as an adult. I've already made decisions financially to live the lifestyle I have. So now how, how in the world can I even be a generous person or give, let's say, 10%? Nate, I just can't do that. No, you can do that. Sell it all. You're, just, you're still choosing to live a lifestyle that you want to live. Mm-hmm. Even after giving your life to Jesus. You're not locked into anything. You're not locked into it. You can sell everything. And Liz and I got to that part where we were doing the same thing. And I tell you what, uh, Dave Ramsey says, you should be selling things so much that even your kids feel like they're next. Right? And we did. (laughs) That's hilarious. We sold all of our TVs. We sold um, all of our furniture. We sold our house. I sold a car. We literally sold as much as we possibly could to get out of the crap that we were in. And ending, and ending up starting on all over. And I'm beyond grateful I did. I've actually seen that a lot. Um, I've seen uh, recently. I've seen like people say, like, oh, we reset. Like, all they have is an air mattress in their house. Yeah. Like, they just, everything. Just start over. Like, sold everything, and they want a way more simple life. Yeah. And that's how you can become generous. And, and so, again, at the end of the day, that's how you die to yourself and live in Christ. Um, and so... But again, all that boils down to our identity. The question is, is are we going to be like John and Peter and the others who are willing to say, do you want us to obey you rather than him? Or the, or, or the disciples, it, I, I can't remember the name right now, uh, who come out from the San, Sanhedrin praising God. It was Paul, right? Was it Paul? Who comes out of the Sanhedrin praising God for the affliction? We oh, talked no, about that's, this. No, it wasn't was, Paul. Yeah, Paul wasn't. Paul was no, still Saul then. It was it was yeah, it wasn't Paul. It was, it was Peter I'm, and it was Peter. Yeah, and Peter, and, and that's coming up too. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're getting beat up. Yeah, and, and they're yay! like, they're like, praise God, we get to, we, we get found to, worthy like, of persecution. Yeah, we yeah. we to get to deal with this. It's like, dude, if that's our that is a mindset that only comes from someone who's died to self and come yeah. like because you're just like, dude, nothing else matters. Yeah, like, nothing else. Awesome matters. that God deems us worthy to suffer for His name. Yeah, like it's absolutely, just... it's, and that's why historically, and tradition tells us that Peter, when he was killed on the cross was hung upside down because he didn't feel worthy to die the way that his Savior died. Hmm. I mean, that again, that is that can only come out of 
an intentional, dying to self, Holy Spirit living life, ready to transform the world. I don't know. And, and I think we all, which goes back all the way back to the beginning, I think we can do that. I think we still today, even though Peter and John can be like, you know, heroes of ours, Christ is still the ultimate one we should be are, um, living our example after, but we can say, okay, you know what, if John, if John, and, if John and Peter can do that with the Holy Spirit leading them, we can too. Right. The question is, is do we want that? Yeah, what, uh, who, who is your Timothy and are you trying to be Paul? Yeah, absolutely. Right, like it's that whole yeah. Paul Timothy vibe. And, quite, and also, do you have a Paul in your life? Yeah, you should be. Yeah, yeah. So that's really what Sunday was all about. It was just about this idea that got got us to the conclusion. You know, the only way that they could be where they were is they had to die to who they were and mm-hmm. become alive in Christ. Yeah, yeah. So, what things in your life, from your old life, are you still clinging to? Because if we are made new in Christ, then that means that you know. I is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also the re- reason that Jesus made sure he threw that in there and it ended up in the scriptures that the road to eternal life is narrow. Yeah. And, and, and he even says only a few find that. You know, I've always wondered, how much is a few? Right. <laughs> what percentage? Yeah, because you're like, statistically <laughs> speaking, like there's two billion Christians on the earth right now. The question is, is what defines a Christian. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I bet you. It's not no two billion. I bet you it's not two billion. <laughs> 144,000. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Revelation right there. Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses. But, All right. Uh, so next week, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to finish, um, we're going to finish chapter four. Um, so the goal, again, isn't to go through every verse, um, but it just happens to f- be this way because what happens next is, again, something we can't miss, we have to pay attention to, um, but we're going to see how the early church hearts were transformed by prayer and how they lived out that prayer, and so, um, which continue. it's actually going to be more about persecution this week, so, mm. yeah. Cool. It's good it's stuff. A, it's an appropriate sermon for Mother's Day. <laughs> it really yeah. is. What up, mothers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Well, if you guys made it through all 53 minutes of this episode, thank you very much. We sure appreciate you you guys for sticking around. Uh, be sure to tell us on whatever platform that you are listening to. And uh, if you would, if you feel compelled, if you liked this content, please give us some, 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 some stars. Jeez, I couldn't speak. Give us some stars, some likes, some thumbs up, whatever it is that you can do on that platform. <laughs> and uh, we just appreciate you guys for tagging along. We will be back with you next week. And uh, tell a mother in your life, happy Mother's Day th- this week. So be blessed. <laughs>